I'm going to invite you to join me in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. We began in this passage last week, and of course, chapters 13 through 17 is one giant narrative. It is the discipleship portion of John's Gospel called the Upper Room Discourse. Chapters 1 through 12 is the Gospel. It is meant for to be read by unbelievers so that they can see the way in which they are to be shepherded into uh, Jesus' embrace, the Father's embrace. Chapters 13 through 17 is discipleship material. How my people are to follow me. And last week we dealt with the portion uh, Jesus says to them, I am the true vine. If you want to be a bear fruit to God, if you want to bear fruit to God, you, you, the branches, need to be vitally attached to the vine. And repeatedly, Jesus uses the word, translated in our English version as abide, 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 abide. Did I say abide? I want you to abide. I want you to make your home in. Make me your dwelling place. Live in me. I am your resource. I am the vine. You are the branches, not the other way around. I am vital attachment to me, understanding who I am and all of the resources that are available to you through me. I am available to you. You are to dwell in me. Have I made my point? Have I made my point? Jesus uses the word over and over and over again. Folks, I need that. (laughs) I need that. Repetition is the price of learning. (laughs) I heard that years ago. Repetition, and Jesus repeats himself, and he doesn't stop using that word. He says, as the Father, verse 9, chapter 15, verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. How intense is the love of God the Father for God the Son? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are in this intense, loving relationship with one one God who is three persons. One God who is three persons. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Dwell in, abide in my love. No matter what happens to you, there is no evidence that God has ceased loving you. Even though you may be persecuted, even though you may be being attacked physically through a sickness, through being in a car wreck, through headaches, whatever it is, There is no proof that God's love has left you. What he does is he uses our trials to bear fruit to him. Because other people stand back and they see us in our trials and they see the way in which Jesus sustains us, Jesus dwells with us, and they take a lesson from us in our trials. We know a whole lot more about how to live the Christian life by doing what? Watching God the Son, Jesus of Nazareth, enduring what he endured and responding as he endured. Did Jesus forgive? 
the crucified, the man enduring crucifixion, Father, forgive them. Later on, the man who led the crucifixion team, the centurion, will say of Jesus, truly, this is the Son of God. How many times had he ever heard a person being crucified forgive the crucifiers? I would dare say never. 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 He hears words coming out of Jesus' mouth from a crucified person that he has never heard before. Even in his torment, Jesus is trusting the Father. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We all think we're going to get away with it. We wouldn't do our stupidity (laughs) if we thought we were going to get caught. We get caught. If not by the human authorities, certainly by heaven's authorities, but what does the heavenly judge do? He forgives. He has mercy. He has grace. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in, dwell in my love. Make that your dwelling place. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. You know how I express my love to you? One of the ways in which I express my love to you? I tell you what not to do. I tell you what to do. And if you want to walk in the fullness of my blessing, you will do what I say because it is the road to blessing. It is the road to a wise walk where you won't be afflicted you know, walking through this world, folks, you, you, you're walking through a jungle. You're walking through a jungle. There's lots of harm possible out there. You follow me and you will walk in my love. You do what I say. George, this trail, not that trail. Yes, Lord. And George takes the right trail. Guess what? He just, there was the jaguar that was waiting for him lives a life of frustration. (laughs) You avoided the jaguar. There are treacherous places. Do what I say. Obey my... Parents have rules for their children, not because they hate their children, but because they love their children. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in, dwell in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. What was the Father's command to the Son? Son, I want you to take on yourself human flesh. And I want you to go and walk as the son of a carpenter from Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? I want you to live this humble life in this place. I want you to tell the truth. I want you to do the truth. Jesus did thousands of miracles. 
Yet what was the response of the Jewish leadership to Jesus? They took him as indeed he was, a threat to them. Because they were unrighteous, religious, unrighteous men. But God the Son was doing what the Father commanded, and even to the point of the cross, paying sin's penalty for us, gets put in a rich man's tomb, comes out of that tomb, all authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What does it say when, it's, when God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, the Son was the heir. God the Father handed the day-to-day management of the kingdom off to God the Son. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's what the, happens with the Son. He receives the inheritance. Jesus passed the test, received the inheritance. Did he suffer? Did he go through pain? Yes, he did. But what was the ultimate outcome? Immeasurable, immeasurable, immeasurable power, glory, authority. What is the, our Lord leading us to? Does he lead us through times? Does he test us? Yes, he does. For the purpose of our destruction? No. For the purpose of leading us into glory. That's why he tells us, do this. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. You will benefit from my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. They're about to see within the next 24 hours, Jesus get crucified. But Jesus says, I'm abiding in my Father's love. He's going to be put in in a tomb, then that tomb's going to become an empty tomb. And He's going to be raised to the right hand of the Father, the place of authority. These things I have spoken to you that your that my joy may remain, and I really wish that it's the same word translated abide. That my love may abide in you. And that your joy, my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. You know what? One of the why did Jesus have so many followers? Did he walk around with a sour look on his face? No, Jesus walked through this world with a joy about him that drew people to him. Can we say he was a fun guy to be around? Uh, yeah, yes. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain, may abide in you. The joy that you have seen in me will be in, find a dwelling in you, and that your joy may be full, may be overflowing. May be overflowing. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. 
He has already, just a few minutes before, shocked the socks off of them. Well, they didn't wear socks. (laughs) When he washed their feet. And you'll remember that narrative. He gets about halfway around the table washing their stinky feet. When he gets to Peter, and Peter said, Stop it! This is so undignified. This was the job of the lowest of the lowest of the lowest slaves. They had refused to wash one another's feet because it was too demeaning. And now Jesus is going to wash his feet. No, you're embarrassing yourself. You're not going to wash my feet. If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Well, then not my feet, but my hands and my head too. No, Peter, your feet only. But you are to wash one another's feet. And he is about to go to the cross to pay this penalty for the sins of the apostles as well as everybody else. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Be authentic servants of one another, fulfilling God's purpose in other people's lives. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Okay, that is a powerful word, friends. Much more powerful in first century Roman world than it is in our world. The word friend was actually a title that was given in the Roman world. For example... Uh, Herod the Great, who was the ruler of the Judea. He was not Jewish, but he converted to Judaism. But he was not ethnically Jewish, but he was given the rule over the Jewish people by the Roman emperor. And Herod the Great was actually given the title friend of Caesar. What did that mean? It meant that wherever you went, whatever choices you made, you always put the emperor's interests first. Even if it cost you something, you would do what he would want done. You were the friend of Caesar. You always put his interests first. Well, Herod the Great, I don't remember what it was he did. He did something that totally blew that, and the emperor actually yanked that title away from him, which put him in real political jeopardy. Later on in the Gospel of John narrative, how is it that the Jewish leadership is going to corner Pontius Pilate? They're going to come to him and say, here is this fellow, Jesus of Nazareth, we want you to crucify him. Uh, well, what are the charges? Oh, forget the charges. You just crucify him. Uh, That's not how it works. You just do it. You just do it. The only charge they brought against, remember Jesus as a sheep before it shears the silence, so opened on his mouth. They keep giving all these accusations and Jesus is not responding to anything. Finally, they say to Pilate, he claims to be the king of the Jews. And Pilate says to him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus finally speaks and says, well, yes, they got that one right. I am the king of the Jews. And 
Pilate still says to them, I find no cause of crucifixion in this man. If you let this man, who claims to be king of the Jews, if you don't crucify him with that claim, you are no friend of Caesar's. That was a big charge. And as we've noted before, Pontius Pilate is actually in a very precarious political position because he, is the, he has been appointed governor of the Jews, of Judea. But he was appointed by a man named Sejanus. Sejanus was the head of the Praetorian Guard. Sejanus had been appointed. The actual emperor is Tiberius. Tiberius was an old Roman general who was appointed emperor, and he did the bureaucratic stuff for a while, and he's finally like, hey, you know, I'm an old guy. I would really like to retire. <laughs> I don't want to give up my title and all the, the trimmings, but I just want to retire. So he retired to the island of Crete, and he appointed Sejanus, the head of the Praetorian Guard, to be in charge of the bureaucracy on a day-to-day basis. Well, Sejanus had appointed Pontius Pilate. And then, a couple of years later, Sejanus decides, hmm, I really do enjoy exercising all this power, but I would also like all the accolades. I would like to be able to wear the robes. I'd like to be able to... And so he set up a conspiracy to assassinate Tiberius... Tiberius found out about it, charged back from Crete to Rome, had Sejanus executed. So anybody appointed by Sejanus is automatically suspect. Your loyalty to Tiberius is automatically suspect. If you do not crucify this one who claims to be the king of the Jews, you are no friend of Caesar's. This could actually put Pilate's own life in jeopardy. And that's when Pilate says, okay, And he washed his hands of the blood of this just man, but gave permission for his, the command for his crucifixion. But I'm just saying, this word friend, that word friend, what does Jesus say? I am your friend and you are to, you are, I have put your interests first. By all rights, I should be in heaven being worshipped. I put your interests first. I took on myself full humanity. I am about to go to a cross to pay sins penalty for you. I am your friend. I'm putting your interests ahead of my interests. And and I'm asking you to do the same thing. Put my interests ahead of your interests. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Even sacrificing your own life for the interests of your friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. Every piece of vital information that we need in order to walk authentically with God in God's creation, I've shared with you. I've made available to you. You men have walked with me for three plus years, but it's all been laid out for 
the people who heard from them and over the generation. It's all right here. Every vital piece of information we need to have an authentic walk with the true and living God, He's given us the info. He hasn't withheld anything. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Hey, folks, we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were lost, and he raised us to life. We were found, and now he wants to elevate us to the status of being actual fruit bearers, being actual effective servants of his, bearing fruit to the glory of God, Folks, that is a, an honor he has granted to us. That's an honor. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, survive, have an eternal impact, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. The number one tactic that we have, and it's available to every follower of Jesus, is simple prayer. Isn't it amazing that what to the world's eyes would look like the most ineffective thing we could do, speaking words into the air? Oh, but those words are also striking the eardrum of the true and living God. (laughs) Prayer is the most powerful thing any creature can do in God's creation. Ask. Ask. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name and my authority, he may give you these things I command you. And what's the ultimate environment? That you love one another, be servants of one another. Why does he keep saying that? I I don't know about you folks, but I need to hear that. I need to be reminded, Mark, what's your principal task in this world? Uh, Be an imitator of Jesus' love. Being an imitator of Jesus' love, that's my principal task. Imitating Jesus' love. Jesus' love, imitate that. (laughs) Say it every way you need to say it, because we need to do it. Need to do it. If the world hates you, oh, I'm not saying this through uh, glasses. Jesus is saying, I understand the environment you're going to be in. 
I understand that I'm asking you to do a hard thing. The same Jesus who in a few hours will be saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The very people that crucified him or engineered his crucifixion. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And believe me, these men know. They have been with Jesus while he has been rejected time after time after time. John's Gospel lays it out. They already have the murder plot in motion. From day one, Jesus was opposed, 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 by the, especially by the Jewish religious leadership. Why? Because he was a threat to them. Authentic worshiper and disciple of the true and living God was a threat to the fakes. And they knew it, he knew it, and he had, they had, the opposition has gotten higher, harder, higher and harder and hotter every day. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you, and the reason that the world will hate you is because you're your loyalty to me. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Even if you're religious, if you're of the world, the world will, there's all kinds of worldly religions. If, the wor- if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I choose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And these apostles have already experienced the hatred as disciples of Jesus. Therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, if they responded positively to my word, they will keep yours also. Folks, people being one out of the world into God's kingdom isn't about the speaking skill of the evangelist. It's about the God of power. How complicated a message is the gospel? It's not a complicated message at all. What is the good news? The good news is that God has solved the sin problem of sinners, which is everybody. He has solved the problem. Jesus of Nazareth, God come in the flesh, true God of true God, true man of true man, joined together in one person. He goes to the cross and all of the hell, all of the lake of fire for an eternity due to the entire human race is poured out on him. He pays sin's penalty. He says it is finished. It is paid in full. He's just solved our biggest problem. You say those words. You can say them in an unclear word. You can say it's a simple message. And the power of God is there. The power of God is there.
If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. You don't have to be Jesus to speak the right words that people would be shepherded into the kingdom. It will happen. Every single one of us is the result of somebody having said those words to us who wasn't Jesus. And we heard them and we allowed ourselves to be embraced by God and all of his mercy, all of his grace, all of his love. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all things they will do to you for my name's sake because they do not know him who sent me. Let me ask you this simple question. Most of the persecution that takes place in the world is carried out by who? By religious leaders who all claim to have a wonderful, cuddly relationship with the true and living God, whether they're Muslims, whether they're Hindus, whether they're whatever they are, they all claim to have this, and yet they are persecutors of the true and living God who came in the person of the Son. All these things they will do to you for my name's sake because they do not know him who sent me. Regardless of their claims, who led the charge in having Jesus crucified? The high priests of Israel. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If, the, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. All of this rebellion against God exhibited by Annas and Caiaphas, by the other religious leaders, by the Sanhedrin, by large majority of the Pharisees, majority of the scribes, majority of the lawyers, all uh, is because they got exposed to the truth and they couldn't handle it. If, they, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. I actually prompted by telling them the truth about who I am and what I would do, I actually prompted sin in them. But whose fault was it? It wasn't Jesus' fault. It was their fault. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my Father also. Don't tell me you hate Jesus, but you love the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, you don't. You hate him too. You hate him too. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, the thousands of signs, the thousands of miracles, they would have no sin. I gave them proof. I gave them proof of who I was. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin, but now they have seen and also hated both me and my Father. But this happened 
that the word might be fulfilled which is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. Psalm 69, verse 4, the words of David, who suffered persecution at the hands of King Saul, those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. Those who hate me without a cause. Why did they hate David? Because he was a threat to them. A God-sent threat to them. Why did they hate Jesus? Because he was a God-sent threat to them. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Jesus is very clear, very forthright with the apostles and all of us since then because the terms of our discipleship are the same. I'm he's saying, I know I'm calling you to a hard thing, but I will be with you. Dwell in me. Make your home in me. Abide in me. I am your resource. I am ever present with you. I'm your resource. I'm your resource. I'm your resource. And yes, you will be attacked, but you will succeed. Jesus came out of that tomb. He rose from the dead. Forty days he spent with the apostles and others. He was seen by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And then he rose. He ascended into heaven. And ten days after that, day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Here's the proof. David rejected, rejected, rejected for years. David went to the throne. David became king because God put him there. David didn't call himself to be king. He didn't choose that. God chose him. God chose you. God chose me to be a follower of him, energized by him, equipped by him. Every resource in, available from heaven is ours in this hostile environment. And by the way, the day is coming when you will be at the right hand. You will be with Jesus, enjoying kingdom glory. Am I calling you to a hard thing? Yes. But it is also going to be concluded with a victory banquet. That will last for uh, eternity. Any comments or questions? Our Lord Jesus, we thank you. You called us. You qualified the disqualified. And we right now say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Shepherd us this week in a way that will magnify and in your, the kingdom message. We are asking that you will harvest people into your kingdom this week through words 
that will, you will push through our lips. Make use of us, even in this hostile environment, make glory for yourself. And we ask that you would enable us to walk, to, to ex exercise, walk in the promise you've made to us here. Every resource of heaven is ours. You yourself are present with us. Enable us to abide in you, and in turn, you abide in us, and so that we might see this week, Jesus' outcomes in our life experience. We ask this of you, good King Jesus, and all God's people said,